Hello and welcome to episode 28 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Chaps, how are we doing? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. I think it's a bit of a first, this one, this podcast. First time we've got we have fingerless gloves in the podcast because <laughs> it's freezing in here. It is cold in here and uh, it is after Easter so oh. the weather should sort of be on the upturn but as soon as you walked into the room yeah. the first thing you did was complain yeah. and, and have a bit well, of a well, moan. That's unusual for me actually <laughs> complaining first but uh, yeah, fingerless gloves. We wanted to recreate the uh, temperature from the press box at Preston. Oh, yeah. That was cold by the way. Yeah, it was cold. That April. Was. <laughs> well how was your Easter anyway? We, we haven't obviously... We, know, we don't have Easter mate do we? We're working oh, did you... all the time. Good Friday... Yeah. Easter Monday. Yeah. Working in the days in between. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, other than that, was it was magnificent. <laughs> I thought you would have been uh, eating all your chocolate and uh, getting your eggs in. And can we do a plug here for the? If as long as you say that other chocolate is available. Other chocolate is available, <laughs> but Cadbury's is the best. If they want to sponsor us. <laughs> so did you have a Cadbury's Easter egg? Then? Yes. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Not for you, of course. I'm still waiting for yours to arrive. But yes, uh, Cadbury's Easter egg. Excellent. Well, obviously we, we are past the, the Easter fixtures now for, for Derby County. Uh, a mixed bag of results. Obviously we can come on to that a bit later. But back-to-back wins for Derby in the last two. Uh, suddenly things are looking a little rosier for, for Derby County fans. Yeah, it's good to see a few smiles on a few faces mm. after quite a tense six to eight weeks. Uh, it just shows you what wins can do. It's interesting because when I was when we were sat at Deepdale and watched Derby uh, grind out uh, quite an ugly one 0 win, I, I loved it. I sat there at the end of the game thinking, you know what, that's just what you need. And and, and anyone who's ever probably played it in any one nil away win where you've battled away and you've scrapped, and for some reason that brings you closer together as a team, strangely enough. And I just thought that's just what they needed at that time and, and of course they backed that up by beating Bolton 3-0 with a performance that was more like what we saw before mm-hmm. Christmas but no when I was leaving Deepdale I, I thought you know this wing just could be what they needed to, mm-hmm. to hopefully kickstart uh, the running and yeah. especially as it was it was a reaction to what had gone before which of yeah. course was the, the 4-1 home defeat to Sunderland um, which was a pretty uh, pretty awful night for, oh, uh, for Derby mm-hmm. you know there's, there's no Hiding from that, uh, what what we saw against Sunderland uh, was not acceptable. Mm. Oh, we'll uh, we'll just sort of quickly touch on that uh, mm. and then move forward. Now that it's it's been raised, you know, afterwards Gary Wright came out and he, he was he was very sort of vocal and and rightly so because yeah. of the performance. It was almost you know Bristol City esque, and you needed that bounce back ability, and, and they got that at Preston. Yeah, I mean, football's strange because you're always reacting to something or looking to continue a run or end a run or start or whatever. So that, that's what football is. But uh, that's why I say after the Preston game, I just thought, well, they needed that. Mm. They, they very much. Uh, another defeat at Preston following on the back of Sunderland would really have damaged, I think, belief both on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, so I mean, what we saw against Sunderland, say, wasn't wasn't acceptable. Mm. You know, when, when you're when you've got the expectations surrounding you that as Derby County have in every game, uh, when you're chasing promotion uh, to deliver performance like that was was a real shock uh, against the Sunderland side that was struggling, mm. of course. Uh, but you know, fair play to them; they rolled the sleeves up. He made changes. He had to make changes. Uh, 
few players who have dropped. Uh, there could have been more than a few. Uh, one or two players who started at Preston can thank themselves, lucky, think themselves lucky because they could easily have been left out also. Mm. But uh, to respond and get three points on the road as he did at Preston, uh, I say I, I thought was a, was a timely and very very important uh, result. Mm. Similarly, you know, following on from the Preston game, that result would sort of mean nothing if they couldn't back it up uh, against Bolton on Saturday. But a three 0 win and a, a fairly comfortable win, all in all, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it just as the the win at Preston was sort of reminiscent some of the wins they were getting earlier in the season, and they're on this good run. The home win against Bolton was also a bit of a, a bit of a throwback to 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 those times really, which uh, which was much needed, particularly in front of the home fans. The first time they they'd played um, at Pride Park since the Sunderland game. Mm. Um, but it just shows you, as Steve said, it shows you what a win does. Um, you know, they looked more confident, um, less edgy. It helped that they got an early goal. I mean, that was massive because obviously they went behind against Sunderland mm. and suddenly they're chasing the game and they're up against it. Um, but they got that early goal and, and they managed to build on it. Um, 3 0 was fairly comfortable. They, they, they took their foot off the gas, I think, a bit in the second half. And to be fair to Bolton, they had a few chances towards the end, but I mean, you know, the outcome of the game was was never in doubt, really. Three points, three goals, and a clean sheet. I mean, yeah, what more yeah, can you ask for? Fantastic! I think it's the seventh time, isn't it, that mm. won a game by three or more goals, which is which is the most in the division. Uh, you know, Bolton were poor. You know, well, that's not high from the fact they were very, very poor. First off, they were abject, uh, but that's no concern of Derby's. Mm. You know, that's that's not what Derby concerned about. Their task is to win the game no matter who's in front of them. Sunderland are a poor side. Of course, we know what happened in that game. So, as poor as Bolton were, uh, full marks to Derby. They, they, they scored early, as Chris said, which was absolutely crucial. Settled everybody down. And, uh, you know, it, in the end, it was a pretty comprehensive and comfortable win. Mm. Plenty of, of individual talking points from that Bolton game, as you say. They did score early, uh, and that goal came from defender Alex Pearce, who... Had replaced Richard Keogh, Captain Richard Keogh, we should say, in the side for the Preston game previously. Keogh, obviously, one of one of five players to, to be dropped after the the Sunderland debacle. Um, first of all, did, did you agree with the decision to drop Richard Keogh and bring Alex Pearce in? As I said before, I think other than Scott Carson and uh, Matty Vidra, I think any of the players who played against Sunderland could easily have been left out of the team because they were that poor. Uh, Craig Forsyth was left out he's, he's been having a real struggle so that that wasn't a surprise uh, and I've been, we've been kind of asking or saying about playing Chris Bird at left back you know Chris Bird for me is the best full back in the club whether that's right back or left back so he's been he's been in there George Thorne really struggles against Sunderland uh, so again it's no surprise to see him left out uh, Cameron Jerome as well had a, had a tough time and David Newton has come in and done well in the last two games, which is good to see. He seems to have regained his spark, which is what his game is all based on, that spark and that energy and that not, not giving the defenders a, a minute's peace. Richard Keogh, if you drop your skipper uh, during a promotion or running or a relegation battle, it's always going to make the headlines. It did. Mm. Uh, I was slightly surprised, uh, not because Richard played well against Sunderland, because he didn't. He struggled, and, and he struggled a few times in recent weeks but it's not, not that long ago that I, as I say we, he was one of Derby's most consistent players 
showing some of the best form he's shown in the Derby shirt, with some fans in the running for player of the year. Uh, and actually in the previous game, against Forest away, when they got a goalless draw, him and Curtis Davis didn't mm-hmm. give Forest strikers or striker a kick. So, you know, to, to think that in some ways then it's harsh, that decision. But on the flip side to that, you can't argue with it. You know, uh, Gary Wright made a decision, he got the result at Preston and I was delighted to see Alex Pearce given the chance because mm-hmm. he deserves a chance. He's been very, very patient. He's been very professional. And, and to step into a team having played so little football uh, and, and perform as he has done in the last two games, and also he did it for the Manchester United Cup tie, to do that shows that he, A, looks after himself, uh, B, is focused and waiting for that chance. So, you know, full marks to him. So I, I, I'm really pleased for Alex that he's, that he's got his chance. On, on Richard, as I say, I, I think it was slightly harsh, but it's not a decision you can argue with. Mm. Chris, it's, it's a, a big decision at this stage of the season, but I suppose this is where the, the managers earn, earn their money, isn't it? And, it? and it proved to be the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny, isn't it, because we see strikers and wingers get sort of um, mm. dropped and recalled quite regularly, don't we? But but it's uh, it, it's less common to see your centre, you know, your centre back dropped, particularly when it's your captain. Uh, and I think that's why it sort of uh, caught the eye a little bit more than some of the others, maybe. And also the fact that, that Richard Keyes he's barely missed the game since mm. he joined Derby. He's barely been injured. Um, he's been sort of one of the first names on the team sheet, really. Um, but I suppose you know Gary Ratt had got to that point where he he said, "Look, I've got to make changes." And after the after the Sunderland game, I mean, you know, uh, Richard he he made a, a, a bad mistake for one of the goals. Just sort of seemed to pass it straight to um, to Flex. their striker. Um, whether his you know whether his mind was a bit scrambled or something, I don't I don't know. But but I mean, Gary Ratt says you know he's reacted to it really well. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been a, a good character to have mm-hmm. in the dressing room. So I think for for him, he's just got to he's just got to now, you know, keep his head down and work hard and and, and wait for his his chance to come along. Because obviously, <coughs> since then, it's been two wins and two clean mm-hmm. sheets. So Alex Pierce, you know, keeps keeps the jersey. Well, that's it. And, and since Alex Pierce has come in, he's he's done everything that that would have been asked of him in the starting eleven. Yeah, I think one of the things with Alex is, and we saw this with with his goal against uh, Bolton. Uh, he does attack the ball uh, in his own box and in the opposition box from set players, so that's very important. Because mm-hmm. Derby haven't scored enough goals from set pieces. You know, Curtis Davis has got one. Alex Pierce has now got one. That's not enough. You know, in in a good season, when you're chasing uh, things at the right end of the table, in a good season, you you should really be looking at your centre backs getting four or five each. Mm-hmm. You know, because they go up for every set piece, every corner, every free kick. You know, but. Uh, it's then down to a the delivery uh, of of the set piece, and then the desire of the players in the box to to get their head on the end of the ball. So it's it's, it's not it's not the easiest thing to do, you know. Uh, you've got to have real desire and some bravery actually to say no. This is my ball. I'm going to head it in, and uh, he certainly did that against Bolton. Mm. He actually, it was a very good header, better header than people think when you watch it again. It was almost behind him, slightly behind yeah. him, so he had yeah. to kind of. Shape himself to in order to guide it in mm-hmm. post. So I must, I will be asking if I was a Bolton fan or whatever. I'll be asking who was on the post because mm-hmm. that's a clearance. I think the lad seems to be going out post. of fashion a bit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Having, having I don't know whether he was on the post to defend or not. But when the ball went in, there was a player was kind of moving out rather right. than back. So, but but you know, 
stay on the post, yeah. wait till the danger's gone, because if someone's on the post, they clear it off the line. Mm. Second goal against Bolton came from Mate Vidra, as we seem to say every single week. He's scoring goals again. He's um, 20th of, of the season. Uh, I mean, what more can we say? Great, great. Yeah, just, if you get 20 goals yeah. a season, you know, fantastic. And uh, probably his easiest goal, I think he said. That he said it was the easiest goal of his career, his career, not of the season. In you know, it's a big claim. Uh, it's a big claim. Gary, I very... think I might have scored that, to be fair. <laughs> I might have had a chance. Okay. Well, I'd be disappointed two yards out, no, goal, no goalkeeper in sight. You if, know. if that was Matty's easiest goal of his career, then as Gary Rowett said at uh, the press conference this morning, then maybe he should be scoring more of those because good strikers follow mm. balls in to get those tap-ins. I suppose when he's in the number 10 role, though... Don't make excuses for him. <laughs> he should score more goals. It's my like, job to no, balance no, no, the discussion. No, he, should, he should score more goals like that. Uh, but but no. if he's smashing them in from 25 yards, you won't complain, will you? I won't complain. Listen, he's, he's, <laughs> he's been terrific this season, yeah. and it just shows uh, he was being written off last season. Mm. People were questioning uh, the signing and the club record signing and how it hadn't worked out. So it just shows you that things can change quickly for players. And you know, finally, he was put in his best position, which wasn't really rocket science. Uh, but he, he likes to play in that number 10 position and, mm. and Gary Rowett moved him there. And uh, since he's been there, he's been fantastic. And that goal rounded off what was a, a very good week for him personally after being named in the Championship Team of the Year, which is which is no mean feat at all, is it? No, you know, no, great no. accolade to collect. Wasn't Richard Keogh in that previous what, season? Yeah, previous season. He's been in it maybe a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Has, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you get in the Team of the Year, that, that's great, isn't it? Uh, it did raise one or two questions, the, the 11 that was picked over one or two other Derby mm. players possibly being in contention for that team as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, Curtis Davis and Scott Carson are the names that sort of spring to mind. Fans were, quote, baffled by the fact that they were left out. I mean, do you think that they've been hard done by? Well, I, th- I think you can make arguments for both sides, really. I mean, I looked at that team and it's a good it's a good team. I mean, John, John Ruddy got the nodding goal Uh He's like, you know, assuming that Wolves go on and finish top mm. of the league. You can't argue too much with that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Carson, you would imagine, wouldn't have been far behind. Yeah. Uh, Centre backs, we went, they went for John, John Terry. Terry. Is he only in there because it's John Terry? Because who's, he, the other one? who's the other one? Connor, Connor Cody. Cody. Connor Cody, sorry, yeah. Um, well, because he spent a lot of time out injured. Well, well yeah, it depends, it depends what the criteria is. You could say, well, he's, he, he was out for quite a while injured, but at the same time, you saw as soon as he came back what a difference he made mm. to the team. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, I, th- I think Curtis Davis has had an equally mm. positive effect on Derby's team, so I wouldn't have argued with that. Um, but, of course, you know, Derby, the fact is Derby are fifth in the table at the moment, and so to see players from the teams that are, you know, above them, uh, I guess you can't argue too much. Mm. I, mean, I had a look at John Ruddy's stats actually he's kept I think he's kept more clean sheets than Scott I think which, he's the only one I think yeah, he's which, is, which is really good yeah. Scott has kept a, a lot but has so, he made as many well, crucial performances as no, many it, without watching I'm not, sure, week I'm week not sure they would have looked that deeply into no, it yeah. to be no. honest and also just, just on should the, have done yeah, <laughs> should have done just on the Curtis Davis John Terry selection for me I mean we've been told throughout the season that Curtis Davis, uh, on average, 
points mark each mm. weekend is the championship's top player regular you know, stats yeah, website yeah. and he, then he's not in the team yeah, well, yeah. what I will say from my point of view and obviously I watch, I've watched every kick that Curtis has had and the influence he's had on the team and mm. I haven't seen obviously every game that John Terry's played but the fact he's been out the side as well at Villa mm. uh, for me Curtis Davis should have been in ahead of John Terry mm. Just moving back to the, the Bolton game then the, the third and final game came from Tom Lawrence uh, two in two for him following his goal at Preston after a, a, a patchy first season shall we say at Derby County but as I say two in his last two you know that's what we want to see yeah I, th- I think I think the criticism and disappointment uh, with uh, much of Tom's first season as a Derby player comes from the fact that we know or we seem to know that he's, he's got this in his locker you know how many times have we said on, on this podcast over the season, he, he looks like any minute he's got a threat mm. all the time. Every time he gets the ball, I'm sure opposition team managers will say, Tom Lawrence is a threat, watch him. And we see him and you think, go on then, go on then. And it's not quite happened on a, kiss, on a consistent enough basis. He's played his part, he, he's got most assists, we're told. He's created most chances for the team, we're told. He's now got five goals, mm. so that's great. But just expectation. Nothing wrong with that, and it, and if that little bit of criticism uh, of him sparks him uh, to produce more consistent performances, then then great. Let's keep criticising him. It'll be all good. It'll be all good for the team, won't it? Because you know he seemed a bit fired up, obviously after he scored at Preston, to put it politely, and uh, he certainly produced a very good performance against Bolton. So yeah, keep keep answering the critics by knocking the ball in the net. You mentioned that criticism, and obviously you've just alluded to, to my next point in, in what you just said. But the, after he scored at, at Preston, his celebration came into sort of question from some fans and, and members of the, the media. Yeah. Whatever he, he cupped his ears as he ran towards the, the visiting supporters. I mean, you two were both there. What did you make of, of the celebration? I, I didn't like it. I said at the time, uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I thought it was unnecessary. Uh, he's a young lad, you know. A lot of frustration, I think, in, in in that celebration, which I understand. You know, he hadn't scored enough goals, mm. and so to to score that goal and it proved to be the match winner as well, which is great for him. Uh, I just think it was the moment. It, it was what he did in the moment. So we're not going to uh, hammer him too much for that. But I, I wasn't. I didn't think he should have celebrated in such a way. You know, if you've scored ten or a dozen goals, fine, do mm. what you want. Maybe he should have run over to the press and, and, and done it rather than to, than to the, some of the Derby fans. But mm. no, listen, he, he's a young boy, he's 24. You know, just, I just thought it was a, a touch of an experience in there, coupled with a, an awful lot of frustration. Probably. Mm. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a, a massive problem with it. And what I thought was good from Tom's point of view is, you know, we, we got to speak to him uh, before the Bolton game was put up at the press conference. And, you know, he's a he seems a confident lad mm. and... He, he wasn't kind of trying to dress up. Um, he wasn't trying to get away from the point mm. of what happened. And he basically, you know, he was asked about it, and he basically said, you know, I was, I was saying to the fans, you know, what what are you say, you know, what are you going to say now? Mm. Now I've scored, sort of thing. So, but if you if you kind of put yourself out there like that, then you, you've got to kind of deliver, haven't you? Really. Mm. Um, but I think it's great to, you know, it's great to, that he has delivered in yeah. the past couple of games. And if you can, you know, if you can keep doing that. 
then you know he won't be getting any criticism yeah. at all. No, he, he's, he's a match winner. Guy Rout says he's a match winner, mm. and and the fans and the media will be absolutely delighted if he if he wins all the coming matches for Derby. We'll be thrilled for him. Mm. You know, he's a nice lad. Seems a nice lad. Absolutely. You know, I would say uh, maybe he's still got it in for you for photo bombing his uh, his press yeah. conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's the case. Yeah, the greatest Twitter picture yeah, of the whole season, that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we, listen. If he if he proves a match winner week in week week out for mm. Derby in the remaining six league games and hopefully the playoffs, we will be absolutely delighted. Mm. I mean, we've said that he's got it in his locker, mm. and he proved that against Bolton because it was yeah. uh, it was an excellent good strike as well. Yeah. Very good. Uh, he was more positive against Bolton. That's what I liked about him. Uh, it was like the goal of Preston and what happened is lifted a weight off his shoulders. Mm. He would look more confident. Uh, Guy Rout said that in, in training in, in the week he, he, he'd been beating players and hitting the ball harder. So it's a lot more confidence and, it, and certainly his goal was very, very well struck. It's interesting. You, you wonder if we might see the best of him maybe next season, aren't they? Mm. obviously depending on, on the division they're in. Um, but... You know he's he's been that player who's been sent out on loan a lot. Um, he and he actually said that last season when he was he was at Ipswich, although he was on loan, he said that's about the most settled he'd felt mm. because he because he got the whole season there. Because of course he'd been at Manchester United going on loan, then he'd been at Leicester going on loan, and so he'd never really kind of stayed in one place. And you just think that if he's you know he's obviously been here. Not the whole season, almost the whole season. Mm. You just wonder if you know next season, mm. if he gets a whole, you know, a whole sort of pre-season in and, and the whole season, you might you might see uh, see the best. Gary Rout's got a lot of faith in him, yeah. and, and not just now. He, he's been speaking about this all season, mm. Gary. A lot of faith in him, and they see him as a long-term project. Mm. I quite like that word, but that's long-term mm. project as a signing. You know, you get some signings, and, and it's kind of for now, if you like. But, but Tom Lawrence, they see because of his age, twenty-four, they see him as a, as a long-term mm. project. So, as I say, the fans will be, and, and I'll be, and everyone else will be absolutely delighted if he keeps smashing those goals in. Yeah, and I think it's because he's shown what he can do in stages for Derby County, but also, mm. as you say, with Ipswich last season. You know, as we've mentioned before on this, he he had an excellent season, scored some brilliant goals. So we know what he can do, and, and we just want him to bring that to the table. Yeah, and, and what I will say is about. Being at Derby County, you know, you, you've got to handle that expectation, mm. you know, and, and 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 it's the same with other players we've had. You know, they've got to handle. They arrive for big money or bigish money, depending on how you how you how you view it. They've then got to handle playing for Derby County. Mm. So in the two games since the the Sunderland defeat, Gary Rout, he's almost gone back to basics with the squad and, and with the side, the shape, setup, etc. And you know, it, it's. It's paid dividends, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think this is an interesting point. I wrote a piece last week about it. And uh, before before Christmas, when they were on this fantastic run, they were playing in a certain way, and they were, it was everything was built from a strong, solid mm. defensive base where they could counterattack. They're not a possession-based team anymore. You know, they haven't been this season. They were under Steve McLaren. They're not now. They're a different team. They're a Gary Rowett team, and it's built on this uh, solid uh, platform where they can counter. They're quite comfortable allowing the opposition to have more of the ball. They're quite comfortable with that because defensively they've proven that they can be very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I thought they moved away from that. Now, you know, 
exactly why the reasons why I don't know I, I think there was a number of reasons one I think there was a criticism over the style of football that was being played in home games uh, and I think there was a, a desire to turn a number of draws into wins and I think whether he did or he didn't it seemed to me that Gary Rout tried to be more on the front foot in games and we saw it at Sheffield Wednesday and against Fulham and I don't think it suits Derby it leaves mm. them vulnerable uh, for when the opposition have the ball so I think it's a very important point I think it's crucial that they return to what suits them best as you say if it, if it ain't broke don't fix yeah. it it's as simple as that and, mm. and it suits them to, to, to build from a strong base and be able to counter attack and uh, I say I was surprised to see them change. Uh, it's probably it may well, who knows, cost them second second place doing that. Uh, but it's good to see them return. I think our headline said something something like it. Uh, it wasn't pretty on the eye at Bolton at uh, Preston, but it was certainly good to see them revert to type. Yeah, and I think it will be reverting to type that will get them in the playoffs. And I suppose it's it's that type that, that could ultimately see them win the playoffs. Listen. If you're not conceding goals, and they've kept three clean sheets now in the last four games, if you're not conceding goals, you'll be tough opponents mm. for, for any team. I think um, Steve's absolutely right, and and it's been helpful as well that um, we've seen Joe Ledley mm. back in the team um, because he's he's a key part of that system, isn't he? And and um, you know he's one of those players that you don't always see what he does you know some of his work goes unnoticed if you see what I mean but but when he's out of the side you realise what yeah, he is yeah and just you know it was noticeable at Preston when he was just getting his tackles in he was just nicking mm. the ball off the off, you know off, off opposition feet just at the vital moment and just breaking things up mm. and that's what he does so effectively and I think there's just suddenly that, that look about the team now that you think that you think, although it is a slightly different team, you think that's that's back to what they were before, which I think uh, yeah. should say it's very important. Uh, team, team, good teams are built on partnerships, mm. and uh, obviously centre back, which has just changed now, but yeah. centre back pairing, and then you've got your, your central midfield too, and uh, seeing Tom Huddleston and Joe Leather, who are the number one mm. central midfield pairing at the club, uh, the record proves that, and it's good to see Joe back. It's good to see. The Vidra Nugent partnership yeah. back as well. That's important. So if you've got these partnerships working, you've, you've got more chance to win the game. Uh, a fan asked me from a web chat about Joe Ledley's influence and, and goals conceded when he starts and when he doesn't start. And uh, in the twenty games he started for Derby, they've conceded twelve goals. Mm. In the ten games he hasn't started, they've conceded thirteen. Now, that might be coincidence, who knows. Well, I was just going to say, now that's not a coincidence. It it can't be really. Uh, He helps form this protective shield for the back four along with Tom Huddleston. And their know-how, everyone questions their energy and, you know, legs, can they get round the pitch? But again, we go back to this reverting to type. If Derby are playing the system that suits them, which is from a strong base, you have your back four, you have your central Mm -hmm. midfield two, and then the others... Counter as your fullbacks can as well, uh, so that suits them, and Joe Ledley suits that shape. So his influence has been has been really really important. Mm. And uh, I guess that those two, the the shield of the back four, are there to do just that, and also to control yes. the game in order for those front four to, to yeah, flourish. Yeah, and, and you know, because because when they get the ball, they can control the ball. Mm. You know, 
they can let you have the ball for a few minutes as well. Uh, but when they were when they went eight without a win and, and they lost one or two, it was noticeable how suddenly you were looking in the midfield and there were gaps. Mm. But there are, no, there are no gaps with Joe Ledley and, and Tom Wilson about. Very few, you know. And I just think their know-how has been massively important. Yes, the balance of Derby's midfield can be better as far as an injection of energy and legs go, and that's something they'll have to look at next season, no matter which division they're mm-hmm. in. Uh, but for now, I think it's important that those two stay in the team. And that then allows you Tom Lawrence's, Matty Vidro, Andy Vyman and David Nugent basically to, to do what they want to do. Having Chris Baird at left-back and Andre Wisdom, who seems to be reined in a little bit now at right-back, which is right, having those two there as well is important. And certainly, maybe it's not a coincidence that Tom Lawrence's last two games have been mm. his best in recent weeks when he's had the solid figure of Chris Baird behind him. Mm. That's a good point. And, and uh, Matteo Vidro, we spoke to after the Bolton game, we were talking about his... See the season he'd had and the goals he scored and how you know what a contrast it was to the season before and you know he he actually mentioned Joe Ledley Tom Huddleston picked out those names in terms of what a big help they've mm. been just because as you say they give they give them that base and it kind of allows him to to go and do what he does really which uh, which we've obviously seen. It's a pity Joe was injured actually yeah. at that time. Yeah, I mean, do, do you, obviously you can look at everything with hindsight, but do you think if if he had have stayed fit and been able to play every game that Derby would have fallen away as, as badly as they did? I think, I mean, we don't know, as you say, it's hindsight. I think he would have helped more mm. in certain games just to add a touch of calmness when there was a, a little bit of panic around when the results weren't going their way. And also, I'd say, reverting to the shape of Susan, I think if they'd have stuck rigidly to that rather than trying to be mm. something they're not really. It's always dangerous for a team to try to be something they're not. They're better to stick with what they're good at. I think if they'd have stuck more rigidly to that, uh, I don't think they'd have gone eight without winning. Mm. Just a, a, a quick look at the, the championship in, in general now. And you know, over Easter and, and last weekend, results were, were pretty kind to, to Derby County. You know, most of the, the playoff chasing pack, bar Millwall, were sort of struggling to, to pick up victories, and, and now. All of a sudden, Derby have a, a three-point cushion inside the top six with a game in hand. Yeah, I, I love it when managers say to us, "Oh, they, they haven't looked at the table and <laughs> they don't look at other results." Listen, they, they'll know what the table is. They'll know who's playing who, and they'll know what the results are mm. as well because that's just in human nature. The, again, there's no escaping from the fact that the other results have helped Derby, mm. and you need that. You know, there's, there's absolutely no doubt. You need it, it, you've got to help yourself, obviously. But if other results can help you as well, that's fantastic. And, and they have been helped by other results. Uh, I've been backing them to finish in the playoffs for virtual season. You know, and, and I do believe they'll finish in the playoffs. A lot of work to do mm-hmm. still because it is tight. You know, uh, But there's a lot of work for other teams to do as well. It's not just Derby who've got to do that work and pick up the points. The others have to if they want to finish in the top six. Mm. Chris, you're backing them for the, the top six? Yeah, I will do. I said, yeah, I, I backed them when they when they were going through this rough patch, and I, I think I tipped them to finish fifth, which is where they are at the moment. I think they've got every chance of doing that. I mean, it's not, you know, it's certainly not cut and dry. They're only no, no. so there's only a three point cushion. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Obviously, most of the teams are playing Tuesday night. Derby have to wait till Wednesday when they 
play Wolves and of course you know away at the league leaders by no means an easy feat um, so it could it could even have tightened up by then but um, W have got a game in hand which obviously is the, the home to Cardiff. We've talked about game in talked hand. About, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and at the moment, despite the despite the Sunderland defeat, they've still got a pretty good goal difference, mm. which could be worth a point. Um, because throughout all this, they've, they've managed to not drop out of that top six, mm. which I think psychologically is, is quite a big thing. And so even though I think, I think you know, depending on how Tuesday night's results go, they could, that gap could could come down to nothing mm. but they no. can't actually yeah. they can't actually be pushed out of the top six before they before they play Wolves which uh, which I think is a good thing um, I've just been sort of waiting for them to kind of pick up a bit of form I'm not saying they're necessarily going to go and win at Wolves but but you feel that there's a few more wins in them mm-hmm. and, and and hopefully from their point of view enough to enough to get them over the line mm. just a, a quick look Ahead to that Wolves game. I mean, it's it's a big game, well, massive game for for both for for different reasons. But I mean, it's a tough, tough game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tough game for Wolves as well. I really yeah. believe that. I really believe that. Um, what will be interesting is that uh, while Derby say are quite happy for the opponents to have the ball, quite comfortable, and then looking to counter, Wolves actually are also very solid and, and disciplined without the ball. So you know, if you look at their defensive record, it's very, 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 you know, good. So that'll be interesting to see who forces the pace most. You'd expect Wolves off the bulk of possession, but as I say, that won't concern Derby at all. I, I expect Derby then will give them problems on the counter. I really mm-hmm. do. Uh, of course, it's a tough game. They've, they've done great. They've you know they've done really, really well. Uh, They'll know that the finish line is very close. That itself brings its own expectation and pressure, of course. As Derby know, you know they've been there themselves. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if Derby came away from Molyneux with something. Yeah, you mentioned that pressure, and as Chris said, we are recording this on the Monday, so we don't know what's, what's happened on the Tuesday night, but if Fulham were to lose at home to Reading on the Tuesday night, and then if Wolves beat Derby, that's promotion to the Premier League. So... All of a sudden, that's an incredible amount of pressure on their shoulders. If yeah. Fulham were to lose, yeah. Uh, listen, I think I think Wolves know that they're going to be promoted. I think just probably a case of mm. when. Uh, and if it doesn't happen in that one game, we saw the Man City Man United thing the other day, didn't we? If it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you don't let anything knock your confidence too much, uh, I, I, th- I think you know, Wolves will be there. I think this one for me is, is all about Derby. I think it's important when you've got like six games left, important not to lose a game. Mm. See if you can take something from every game. As I say, it wouldn't surprise me if they got something and uh, if they came away with a point, you know, I think that would be really good. It'd be an interesting game to, to watch, I think, because because we saw Wolves come to Pride Park very early in the mm. season and you know, completely outplayed Derby. Um, was it the first home game? Uh, the first, home game first home game of the season. They won two 0 It could have been more. Of course, very early on in the season, I think I think they were still playing four three three. Derby. Yeah, they changed. Yeah. Uh, they changed after, they changed that, after yeah. that. In fact, yeah. Um, so it's a very, it'd be a very different Derby team, certainly in terms of the way they set up. So you'd imagine that they would um, have learned from that and give give a better account of themselves. And I think Gary Rat actually said that he thinks you know 
them playing away from home probably suits them more. Your away record's very good. Don't yes, absolutely. Um, third, third best in the division. Yeah. Really right. And you've seen them go to some tough places well, and, and they, come yeah, away with the results. Middlesbrough, didn't they? Yeah. You know, one at Preston. So, yeah. and I mean, if they can get if they can get anything there, that gives them that's that gives them a massive lift, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it, 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 I say it will be a fascinating game because you know Wolves will have to be wary that when they have the ball, they've still got the defensive shape. To cope with Dar- if Derby counter on them, mm. you know it's not an easy balance that you know to to know you've got the ball, but know you've got the shape still. If if you lose the ball, and uh, so it's going to be fascinating to see how how much they push, mm. you know, uh, how comfortable they are with, with pushing Derby. Yeah, uh, but just finally, how much of a lift Wolves have had from that, that crazy final few seconds against Cardiff City on uh, yeah, it was on Friday night. This just shows you what can happen. You know, yeah. we don't know. You know, it can be football can be a really tough, a really tough game. It can be really tough mm. on people because things can happen and you just don't know where it came from. And uh, you know, the, suddenly the one nil up. They should have been more than one nil up because they had chances to kill the game mm. to make it two or three. And suddenly they're conceding two penalties. <laughs> concede one, keeper saves it. You think we got away with it with one one nil. They concede another. And you know the emotions of it all got the better of quite a few people, as we saw. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's easy to criticise those people involved, but I suppose until you stood there and in 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 it, then uh, it's difficult to know how you would react. Again, I will go back to a point I made on a previous podcast. Uh, I don't understand why managers are allowed on the pitch at full time. There's no need for them to be on the pitch. Celebrate on the side. Mm. I don't get why managers have to go on the pitch after a game because why are they going on the pitch you, know, you, you can need look, to moan at the referee well, this is, well, this is it. It, it's usually for a reason isn't it and uh, I would again I'd say if I was the FA or Football League I would say look managers aren't allowed on the pitch not players stay off the pitch Maybe you could get some of those like reins for them, you know, like they have put on babies. Yeah, well, I mean, I can understand off. the fact. You know, I can understand the fact. You know, you know, if they want to shake hands with the match officials, they can wait and do that as, as the match officials walk. walk. I think, to, I think it's normally to, something other well, than exa- shake hands. Exactly. And this, this is what I'm getting at. Why are they on the pitch? What is the reason behind it? They can shake the hands of all the players as they come off. They can shake the hands of all the match officials as they come off. You can applaud your own fans from the technical area. Technical areas are big enough these days, aren't they? They're nearly as big as a pitch. You've got enough room to, to, to applaud your own fans. Stay off the pitch. Shall I play devil's advocate here by saying... Yeah, I was going to say, that one sort of came it. out of nowhere, really. Well, you know, it, I suppose... It's been it, simmering it, for a while. Football is, it, in the end, football is an entertainment business, yeah. and you can bet that the Wolves fans that were at Cardiff, they would have absolutely loved yes. seeing their yeah, manager absolutely. Yeah, yeah. running on the pitch, but it did jumping lead to on a the problem, players. didn't it? It did lead, yeah. It did lead. It to did a lead to a but problem. again, it's all part of the the theatre of yeah, the game, isn't it? And I think. Well, you see, I, I was right. going to say that that was the same sort of passion that you show after you file for a deadline. You know, <laughs> when, when you run around the office. Ago. And, yeah, yeah. Passion I showed yeah. thirty years. Ago. I'm not quite knees. sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not quite. When I get those player ratings in without being criticised <laughs> by supporters, that's the passion I show. When did that happen then? Well, it's strange, I didn't get any criticism this, so I had to actually ask if everything was okay yeah. with my ratings. And then some people dished well, it out. One or two came back, but, but <laughs> not, not the same as uh, I usually get, so I'm very disappointed going. with that, actually. Seal of approval. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you're getting good. But no, I, I, <laughs> on, on a serious note, too many people are allowed on the pitch at the end of the game. Too many people. 
Okay, that's wow. one for another day. Then, yeah, you can <laughs> carry that on. At there some we point. go, um, chaps. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, Nico? Anything you want to get off your no. chair? <laughs> <laughs> I've had my final round for the day. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, Caught me off guard it's slightly. I was going to say, still, <laughs> yeah. still cold. No, it's actually warmed up. warmed up in here, isn't it? The arms yeah. of these chairs. The fury inside you is just uh, warm things cold. up. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's uh, as we say, it's all to play for. Absolutely, it's it absolutely all to play for, and yeah, there's going to be some some interesting games, some interesting games coming mm. up. And but those back to back wins, absolutely crucial. I say, and we yeah. go back to where we started right at the start of this podcast. That win at Preston, mm. let's say, when I was coming away from there, I thought, you know what? Big result. Big, big result, mm. that was. Big result. Lovely stuff. Steve, Chris, thanks as ever for your company. Steve, thanks for warming us up. Uh, thanks to all the listeners as well. In the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter, at DCFC, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest Rams news and views on our website, www.darbytelegraph.co.uk, and the app, which is on both Android and Apple devices. And you can also find the podcast on both Audioboom and iTunes. Just search for it, it's black and white. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.